Well, if I didn't see you when we started, it's good to see everyone together. Um, there's only one announcement really from my side, and Paul's going to then um, do uh, a quick interview, and then Craig's going to um, preach. Um, but just one announcement just to be aware of is from next week, uh, there is going to be some slight renovations happening um, on uh, fire door and fire safety regulation um, renovations. So it's going to be on this door over here, and then as you come in, there might be some brickwork and that sort of thing. But it's not going to disturb our, our flow or rhythms on Sunday, so uh, just don't be alarmed. But, yeah, that's one thing you can expect next week. Um, but, yeah, that's literally just the only announcement. Um, and over to Paul, who's going to do some interviews. Welcome to everyone who's streaming in. Okay, cool. And Gracie, come on up. Uh, the interview is going to be a lot worse without you guys here. <laughs> um, as, as you guys know, the last few weeks we've just been chatting to different people in our community that have been coming on Sundays, uh, opportunity to just get to know each other a little bit better, and also an opportunity for us to make sure that what God's been saying to us and what God's been doing to us in our lives doesn't... Um, doesn't evade our, gr- our grasp, you know. So as you can see, Gracie is expecting number three on the way. Hey, you've got yeah. Abby and Zoe. And so lockdown has been a successful time for you. <laughs> and here you are. Fruitful. Yeah, fruitful, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Um, and I kind of, like I said, I, God's been teaching us different things. And we've all had different experiences in this time. But it would be great just to hear from you guys um, something of what you feel God's been doing in your life and in your family's life in this last little while. Yeah, hi. Um, I think the the big thing God's been teaching me is that I should be finding my value in Him, um, not in what I do, not in what I. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think the thing is, we we often hang our hats on what. we think the hierarchy of life should be. I should be this and that and all these things and God says you're valuable. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you spend your day doing. It doesn't matter um, how valuable you are in anyone else's books. He, he loves you already and you're valuable already. And it's been <laughs> it's been such a good and such a freeing lesson. Wow. Incredible. Thanks, Gracie. And uh, Cor, you guys have have spent some time outside of Cape Town. You've come back. We've been part of our life group. It's been so cool getting you know into community and being together. What are some of the lessons that um, God's been teaching you? Um, I was uh, blindsided by how blind I was. <laughs> um, yeah, just... Um, uh, a couple of just just not knowing just being the pace just it's it's almost like driving in a car really fast and you just don't have time to just see the surroundings see what's going on um i um because of that got very like closed minded uh set in my ways this is this is what he means by certain things um and then just didn't make time to get to know him better um so the whole stop go slower um just um opened my eyes so many times in the thing this morning just um you know just uh seeing the surroundings um getting time to um spend with him and and um you know, just being 
it's a, it was sobering to realize just how blind blind I, I am uh, was um, and so in the process of just uh, spending time with him um, slowing down taking time to kind of take take everything in um, and um, and just opening just just becoming aware um, of uh, these uh, these paradigms these these ways of thinking that I've that I've instilled over time just dealing with uh, I need to be more efficient so I can get more stuff done. It was, it was never about leave some stuff. It was I need to read quicker and and listen quicker and do stuff quicker so I could get more stuff in. Um. <laughs> yeah, he still listens to podcasts times two. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the that was the mechanisms of dealing with dealing with just I, I'm not yet reaching the target. Um, yeah, so it's it's very much just. Uh, Becoming aware, and now my mind uh, renewing my mind, changing the way that I think, and, and opening my eyes, um, becoming aware. Mm. Aware. <laughs> I think um, you know, just hearing what you guys have spoken of, I don't. I think there's many of us that can identify. I think, cool, knowing a bit of your story, um, lockdown was just incredibly busy for you. I mean, you were helping coordinate charities and your spare time, volunteering plus the work, and you, it kind of ramped up, and then. Gracie, a little bit of what you discovered was like work slowing down and then being full on with your daughters and asking yourself like, wow, like this is groundhog. And I think there's represented here a lot of people who can associate with both of those stories. The ones that, you know, went flying into their work, like the car, not seeing what was flying past the side. And then someone else who almost had life slow down and go, well, I'm struggling with this because I've always defined myself by what I do and now that's changed. So I thought I'd just grab a moment now off the back of this. I don't want us to lose the moment, just to pray. And um, that's, it's these guys' story, but I think it's all of our stories uh, that we would find identity in God as a community this time. So yeah, um, join me as I do that, guys. God, I thank you for just a reminder from Gracie and Core this morning that your um, words to us, uh, your words of peace. I think of Jesus coming back to his disciples saying, peace be with you. Those words, uh, that one word peace, meaning so much more than just the absence of hostility, but speaking of wholeness, speaking of well-being, speaking of life to the full. And God, I just feel through the contribution of grace and call this morning, that reminder that you alone offer peace. You offer peace to those who are running around right now, um, chasing down leads, God, would you remind them their identity is found in you, not at the end of a deadline? And at the same time, God, for those who found their worlds disrupted, a whole new um, job description provided, would you also remind them that your word to them is peace and that you aren't found at the end of a successful application or things going back to normal, but you are found right here, right now. Your presence is with us. I thank you for the reminder this morning, God, and across... Um, the city, we, we want to be people that can remind others of this great message you've given us this morning, this good news of your love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Craigie, coming up. Uh, Craig wouldn't tell you, but I will. He recently, during lockdown, passed a bunch of exams, which have helped qualify him even more in the property industry. So well done, Craig. If you didn't write exams in lockdown, don't feel you know, bad about that. Uh, but let's celebrate along with our mates. Um, yeah, Craig, excited to hear what God's got for us this morning. Thanks, Paul. Well, you would think if you're in the property industry during COVID, you need a counseling course. 
more than to get more educated. It's, um, but it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. And if you're joining online or on home, again, it's weird talking to a camera, but I hope you are, are all settled in. And uh, we're just looking forward to, to getting into God's Word together. And uh, I think we'll all agree, what a year, right? What a year. But Corn Gracie, that is such an appropriate just thing you've shared. It might have been just a small chunk, but it was just um, so appropriate for what we're going to chat about this morning. So last week, Kyle spoke to us about uh, God's presence. Okay, and that's one thing that separates us. This week, we're going to speak about uh, how we are, sh- are formed and shaped. Another word for that is uh, a spiritual formation. That would be the, the Christian jargon that we could, we could use and it's, um, it's all about the process of being formed into the likeness of Christ for the sake of others. How we are formed into the likeness of Christ for the sake of others. And it's probably better to see spiritual formation as a whole bunch of small decisions that we're going to make that are going to shape us over time into a person. The person you are today is as a result of decisions that you have made. Some of them will be small ones, the daily decisions that have built up into bigger ones that have led you to where you are today. But the other thing to realize is that the decisions we're making today are going to form us into who we're going to be in the future. So um, throughout 2020, one of, one of the questions that I've been asking a lot, and maybe I'm, I'm a bit tired of asking it, but uh, it's just reflecting on it. as all this, this time management stuff at home, and then it was like, is there a better way to do work because it, it doesn't really work in COVID, and, and how do we do that? We've also asked those questions of how do we meet together as a, as a church um, and so, so it's been one of those years where in our worlds we're asking this question of how can we do things better. But I'm starting to see that's trickling over into people asking questions about their faith, about deeper questions. Is there a better way to do life? Is there a better way for me to find joy, to find meaning, to find peace, to find belonging? And so the passage today we're going to take is, is one from Matthew. It's Matthew 4 verses 18 to 22, and I'm going to just read it through. It's, it's from the ESV version. And it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, meaning Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So just to give this passage a bit of context, Jesus has just come out of a time of being tested in Matthew 4. And it says that that, um, after that testing, angels actually came and ministered to Jesus. And after that, because John the Baptist had been arrested, it says Jesus went down to Galilee and um, he was down at Capernaum, uh, Capernaum. I always get that word wrong. doesn't matter how much I've told. And um, he was walking on the beach. And he starts to call these guys. And these guys would be his disciples. And um, it's such a pivotal part because this is Jesus' start of more of his public ministry. He's got three years coming before he's going to be put to death. And so this is it's quite a, a great time to just look at Jesus' life and say, how does he start out this journey? How did he come out of a season of, of great testing? Maybe some of us can relate to that, right? But he's going out and he's starting this, this journey of his ministry. I wonder how we are seeing this next season as we start to hopefully come out of a lockdown, a testing season. How are we going to go forward? What are we going to be doing and building 
what's going to be shaping us in this next season. And so there are three points. The first is going to be that we formed uh, for community with Christ. The second is that we formed for community with each other. And the third point is that wholeness requires community. So quite simple points, but we, as we get into them, it would be great to just unpack them together. So the first is that we formed for community with Christ. And there are really five words in, in verse 19 that, that, that I want to focus on. And it's, it says, um, and I will make you. So Jesus came, called them, and he said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So this week, I, I phoned someone, and I said to them, okay, I'm going to tell you some five words, and I want you to tell me what you think of, expecting a very deep spiritual answer. And I said, and I will make you. And they looked at me, and they said, breakfast in bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, I, can't, I won't say. And um, it was totally off piece, right? But I, like... What, what, what these words are actually saying is there was some form of communion with God, and I will make you. It was almost a promise of God saying, follow me, and I will make you. I will form you. I will shape you. And those words are so powerful to us. I want you to think for a moment of a person who has made or shaped you in your life. Apart from God, think of the person who's been the most influ- influential in shaping you into the person you are today. And that can be one of two people, right? It can be a person who you looked at with admiration. This was a person who had qualities about them that were endearing, that you respected them, and they guided you through seasons in your life. Or it could be the opposite. It could have been a person who was, who was in your life by default, but when you looked at the life, you were like, this is exactly what not to do. <laughs> and, um, and I want you to just think of that person for a moment. And, and, and think of the the kind of experiences, think of the counsel, think of how over time your life has been shaped in one way or another, whether it was by learning what to do or whether by learning what not to do. And the first point I want to make is that for some people, religion is so removed. There's people between you. You come to church, you learn about God through others. But what God wants is a personal relationship with you where he forms and shapes you over time. And sometimes we've experienced that with people, but when we come to God, we don't always live it out in the same way with the same depth that God's going to form me and shape me intentionally, individually, that he actually cares about doing that with me personally. Now, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've grown up in church circles, and because of that, I'm privileged to have had a lot of people in my life who I can look up to and um, who've guided me through various seasons. But the reality is, when I look at the Christian role models, I've, I've often been let down. I've often been disappointed uh, in, my, in my life. And if I'm honest, I look at them, and it, was, it only became, particularly when I was um, in my, in, until about 2023, 20, it, was, it was more a question of how and when is this person going to let me down? You know? When I was younger, it was all aspirational, so amazing to follow these great leaders. And then as I got close to them, as I got older, I realized, what, but, 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 you know, this isn't what I want to be, and I started to feel disappointed, and I, and I remember there was a moment, I was in Sydney, and I was, I was 24, and I went to a conference, and John Maxwell was speaking, and um, I'd read some of his books, and I quite enjoyed some of the stuff on leadership, and I went to him afterwards, and I shook his hand, and, and I was chatting to him, and as I did that, it, it was one of the few times in my life, I felt a very tangible um, moment of God speaking to me, and, um, and th- these were the words that I actually felt just God saying to me at the time, was that There will be no one who can shape you like I can. Don't look to men for what only I can provide. I will lead you. 
So this was one of those light bulb moments for me because I remember that it was just clear that God wants to directly be forming and shaping me. He will bring us into community. He will bring us around other people to help guide us and shape us. But sometimes I think we can start off by placing a really unfair expectation on people to do what only God's meant to do. And so I see people who jaded with local church, and we're going to speak to that a bit later, but just to take faith, like we are here to firstly and foremost build a relationship with God directly. And if I had to take these five words, okay, and I will make you, and I'd say, I'd say what do you think the world thinks about this? If I had to go to humanity and say, follow Jesus because he will make you. Well, Richard Dawkins has, has just um, released a book called Outgrowing God. And he has, it was, someone wrote an article about it, and he has one of the, the things they refer to. I'm just going to read you. It says, Believe in God as a child if you must. If your parents believe, you probably will. But follow the facts, Dawkins suggests, and you'll outgrow theism like pubescent acne. Follow the facts, and you'll outgrow the belief in a soul creator, governor, or savior. You'll outgrow it like pubescent acne. Interesting. But I think he follows a train of thought that we need to pick up on because it's, it has been humanity's response to God over time. Throughout the ages, you've heard this. So I don't think it's necessarily new what he's saying. Humanity at some points has, has always turned around to God and said, God, mm, thanks very much, but um, I don't need you. And in our culture, maybe a lot of people have, have encountered it. It's more like, well, thanks God for the I had really great bedtime stories growing up. I found it very good to help me with my morals, but I'm at a place now where I don't need you anymore. And as humanity comes to this place, we start trying to figure everything out. It's this belief that we can do it on our own. But what happens when we get to that place? Can we really do this on our own? You see, the one thing I have to ask is if, is if you don't believe in a God, if there's nothing like that, then what, what is your hope? And obviously, in Dawkins, he's saying there's a, he also speaks a lot about his, his passionate belief in atheism. And I think once we start leaning into a place where we believe it's all about the person, we, we at risk. Because I have to ask myself, are people ultimately good? And um, I, would, I would say humanity tends to leave towards depravity. Left unchecked, humanity doesn't lead towards good. And if I, if I just look at humanity's track record, um, you know, even trying to grapple with a virus in 2020, look at how the world has responded. Look at the chaos it's created. And then I watched David Attenborough's, one of his new, new movies, and you're just listening to how, how the world is trying to grapple with e even stewarding the resources that's been given. How are we doing in that? And, and, and if you bring it home locally, you know, I, I, News 24 is so difficult to listen to sometimes because I read some of those headlines and you just go, wow, is this, is this what humanity is becoming? And so the question I'm asking for someone says, great, I don't want to believe in a creator. So I'm saying, well, you would rather believe in yourself. You'd rather look at, at, at yourself and humanity's track record and take a bet on that. Well, I don't think so. You see, I don't believe you can outgrow God. Because he was there in the beginning and he's going to be there in the end. Our lives, on the other hand, are pretty fleeting. So we can choose to ignore God. We can choose to live as if God doesn't exist. Absolutely. 
but I've got a feeling that we're all going to tend towards depravity if we do that. And some of you might say, well, Craig, listen, I'm actually a good person, and I know a lot of good people. Um, and I, and I, want, to say, I want to say from, from that, let's just test whether, firstly, we really are good. I mean, during lockdown, one of the things I did is I became an avid gardener. I've never gardened, but I'd always looked at the grass outside, and I said, like, wow, that, the grass looks really good. And then in lockdown, I decided, why don't I take a close, closer look? As you do, you go and sit on the grass and lock down and just stare at the grass. And, and I started to notice how, how infiltrated the grass was with weeds. And like, it still looked green, still stuff, you could still see it, but there were weeds there. And, um, and as you do not down over three months, I monitored this. And, um, and by the end, you could actually start to see areas where that grass had actually, where the weeds had actually strangled the grass, right? And it still looked green. I could take a photo of you now, and you'd be like, wow, the grass looks great. And I think it's reflective of some of our, our community at the moment. From, from, uh, from, from an external thing, your, li- your life looks good. It looks, looks green. It looks... But I sometimes don't think we actually approach each other closely enough to really ask the questions. To say, do we stop and actually say, well, you say you're okay, but, but let me ask another layer of question. Let me just sit a little bit closer to your life and see how you are responding. What are the things you're thinking about? What are the things you're speaking about? How are you treating those around you? What are your thoughts when no one else is watching? And if I had to flash those all up on a screen, would you still call yourself good? That's the second layer of person. And, and the only reason why I'm saying this is because it's a precondition in terms of God forming us for us to realize, okay, that, that we don't have it together. And so if through all that journey you still believe in, okay, I'm, actually, I'm still a good person, I'm like, wow, because I, I didn't even pass that test, right? And I'm sure a lot of people haven't. But the Bible just makes it simple then. It says, all have fallen short. So even if, you're good, even if you think you're a good person, the Bible just makes it clear and says we've all fallen short. And there's a beautiful passage or verse in Psalms 46. It says, Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So regardless of where you find yourself, do we need to stop striving? Do we need to just sit back and actually take, take stock? I think one of the things we're going to speak to a little bit more now is about is there so much pressure mounting on the individual because they've put so much of the world on their own shoulders? And so it's no surprise to me that we're struggling with things like mental illness more because there's so much pressure on the individual to have to perform, to have to have life put together in a certain way. So firstly, that's it. We need to realize that we formed for community with Christ. The second thing is we formed to build community with each other. And um, the main point here is going to be that there's a difference between building community and finding community. And I would say that what Jesus did in his ministry is he he walked along and he actually learned to, and his whole mindset was about building community, not just walking along trying to find it. When I look at at, um, how people are sort of searching for religion and meaning and purpose and even trying to form community, there was two things that, that, that set some context to this. The first is that in people's search for religion, I'm hearing more and more people asking about religions of the East versus the West. People are asking about religions that focus on the idea of self, the idea of um, self-mastery, about enlightenment, about building into yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself possible. And that's almost replacing the idea of theism and saying, don't worry about a central creator, just worry about maximizing who you are. 
And the second thing is communities also changed. I remember when I was growing up, and, 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 and there used to be 10 guys, right? And even if you didn't want to play a game, you needed the numbers to play the game. So if half of them didn't want to play, you say, well, we'll play this game, and then we'll go and play another game afterwards. So we're playing a soccer game, and there's 10 guys. You'd all just get on and, and try and make a plan and play it. But I find communities this day and age, you don't have to do a certain something because you can run off and find it somewhere else. It's so accessible to find a community that suits your needs. You can go online, you know, you can just search. The ability to access community at a superficial level is incredible. I mean, I look at the gaming world as an example and how that's just taking over. But I think we called to build a little deeper than that. And I think what's scary is that you get this, this trend of people saying it's easier to access community, community, and yet it seems people are more disjointed and disconnected than before. So for Christ followers, whether you're one day in or whether you've been following him for 50 years, he has the call to build community. So Jesus was building community, and so shall we. In Matthew 4, we, said, we see that Jesus um, started out by walking along the beach and calling guys to community. He was calling them, and he said, follow me. And this is how Jesus went on throughout his, his ministry time. He was building, right? And even when Jesus has died and he's, he's put to death, it says after he's resurrected, he comes back and he gives them this great commission, which is to go and make disciples. He could have used a whole lot of other words at that point in time. But the truth is, inbuilt in a call to follow Christ is this call to go and build. Have we as a church lost that? Have we been encouraging people just to find a community? And so what happens, and I'll tell you some of the differences, is that when, if, if you're asking businesses to find community, it's often built off just a list of things. So people come with checklists to church of saying, well, my idea of community is that I've got all these things that need to make a good community. And you find that the church that fits that the best, and that becomes your home. I don't see Christ having built community like that. I see Christ having built, built community. He walks into place, and yes, you need to be aligned, but he partnered with people to go and build. And I think when, when you get this culture of finding, what happens in churches is that it can, it can really affect the way a church functions and how we, we build community together. Because a builder focuses on community for the sake of others. A finder focuses on community for the sake of themselves. So if you're just in, a, in this to go and find community, as soon as you find that thing, you're happy, you're, you're content. And so you'll hang on to that thing at all costs. And I think sometimes it can, it can just set you up for a lot of disappointment. When we're building community, there's this thing of, there's always room for more. It's this attitude of, um, as a church community, even though I've got people who I'm close to and not, do I walk around with this, this attitude of, God, I'm, I'm in this to build the church. And there are people who need community. And this is the next point. It's going to take a lot of humility to be able to build. And this is one of the ways that God forms us, by bringing us into a church like this where there's a whole bunch of different people. And God says, I'm going to build a community. I'm going to build my church. Finders will say, well, let me find the five people that are really like me. And I think builders are different because builders come in and say, well, in understanding who God is and how he walked the earth, the way he shapes and forms us is to, is to teach us to love the unlovable. He teaches us to show no favoritism between the rich and the poor. 
He teaches us to, to serve each other, to, do, to, to build friendships, sometimes for the sake of other people. And I've had to ask myself during this, during this, this COVID season, is that where the trajectory of, of my life has been going? Because I feel like COVID's naturally pulled me back into this world of just like, be a, be a finder. Just hang on to the small little community I've got, and then hang on tight, and we'll get through this. And so in some, seasons, some weeks, I've even found myself just trying to put the blinkers on and not worry about anyone else. The danger of that is one that isn't Christ. We feel the price of that eventually, but also that isn't really the kind of community that, God, that God's building. So it's been great to like, um, even though I say the words build and you're probably like going, listen, don't talk to me about building anything. It's the end of 2020. I just want a holiday, you know? What I'm saying is we're making decisions now that we're going to see the fruits of in the next season. I'm calling us to make decisions that are going to allow us to walk into a great season in, 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 in the future. Cease striving and know I am God. The third point is um, really that uh, wholeness requires community. So we said that we're formed uh, for relationship with Christ, Christ, formed for community with Christ. We're formed to build community with each other. And the third point is that wholeness requires community. See, we're not just formed um, to have relationship with God and then to build it with others. God also says that in this process, He's actually making us whole. And, and I think there's a deep desire in people to find wholeness. And if you go back to that push of people who are chasing a very self-centric sort of religion, I think part of it is saying, guys, I want to be whole. It's actually not just about the money. I think it's fair enough that a lot of people have, have said that they, you know, they realize that it isn't just about making the money anymore but I want to find wholeness. How do we find wholeness? Well, I think uh, in this inbuilt need for community, um, it, everyone wants to know that someone's in their corner, that someone cares for them, that someone's looking out for them. It's fundamental. And this is not if you're a Christian. This is, I think, just people want to know that someone's looking out for them. There's a, there's a quote from a book I was reading um, that's going to come up on the screen now. I'm just going to read it off the screen. Um, it's from a book called Invitation to Journey by Mulholland. And it says the Scripture reveals that human wholeness is always actualized in nurturing one another towards wholeness, whether within the covenant of community of God's people or in the role of God's people in healing brokenness and injustice in the world. Spiritual formation for the sake of others will be seen to move against the grain of a privatized and individualized religion and the deep-seated belief that spiritual life is a matter between the individual and God. There can be no wholeness in the image of Christ which is not incarnate in our relationships with others, both in the body of Christ and in the world. What this is saying is if you want wholeness, firstly, you can't get that without relationships you can't live with this a view that it's just between you and god because god's going fine but i'm telling you it's, you've got to include people on that journey and it's going to involve relationships i'm going to use relationships to form and to shape you and it can't be the other way around where you're just pursuing these earthly relationships without god so god makes us by it's you see there by nurturing how we can nurture each other towards God. And that's one of the beautiful things about Sunday church is it's a space where we get to come together 
and we can actually encourage each other towards God. And you know, maybe that's one of the things that's got to come out of this. How much do we own that space on a Sunday when we come? Are we really coming with that in mind, that one of the, one of the great things we get, also personally, is that you get to come and encourage others. And it's in that process that God actually forms you and makes you whole as well. Hmm. Now, there are two levels to some of this relationship, and, and, and I think when we... <clears throat> the first is that you can have a general relationship with someone. If I, uh, if I just think of those people who've been in your life, sometimes it can be a, a, a relationship where it's, it's pretty ad hoc. You go to people for a certain amount of advice or guidance and they're there and you know they're in your corner and then you get on with it. But there's a second and deeper level of relationship where you know, once, you know so some, someone so well that you actually start to be like them. You find yourself drawn to them so much so, inspired by them, that you start to think like them. You start to talk like them. You start to act like them. And I think um, one thing I, I feel is do, I do as a lot of Christians, are we more in that first camp? In that we, we, we know God, we want to be formed and shaped by Him, but we go to Him on an ad hoc basis for guidance and advice. And then we're surprised when we look at our lives over time and they aren't changing, they aren't being shaped or formed. And yet it's very clear that obviously that for that to happen, there's a certain proximity you need to, to be with someone. And that's where when you're around someone enough and there's a passion to learn from them, to, to, to walk with them, surely that's where most of the, the wholeness can come. The change can really take place. When we're walking so close to someone that we start to learn, hey, well, this is how they would probably respond to this situation. And I think that's part of just where the gospel kicks in because God, God says what he's done when he's gone to the cross for us, he's taken our sin on his shoulders. And then now he's given us the Holy Spirit to walk with us, to be a counselor with us, to guide us. Are we allowing that to happen? Are we allowing God's process of formation in our lives to happen? Some of you might look at this and say, um, I, I, I just would take myself out of this at my life, I look at my track record, the reality is the idea of wholeness is something I've let go of. Um, I've messed up so much in some ways, and, and maybe even where I am now, I'm not in the best place. So talking to me about the idea of wholeness is just something I, I, I've set aside. I'd rather just choose to do my best right now, and uh, that's going to be good enough. What I want to call you to is something different, that God says actually it's not too late. He says, actually, right where you are right now, I can start you on a journey of, of finding wholeness in your life. That God can take you and shape you. He can even go so far as repairing some things that you feel you've lost over time. You see, this is the final point, is that, that, that God's not looking for experts. I watched a video about uh, being the best version of yourself, and it was really inspiring. It came highly recommended. And this is the sort of things that they were talking about in this video. You know, it had the slow music that just builds. Um, it was full of quotes to, to read more. 54 books a year. If you can do more, do it. Use every second. Fa learn to fail more. Learn to take risks. Fail forward. Be yourself. Take adventures. And all this sort of talk. And I, and I get it, you know. 
Let's not waste our lives. But let's also not waste them chasing and striving after things that are insufficient for wholeness, that actually are insufficient to lead you a place where you're going to be a whole person. You see, when God came and he started calling people, he didn't go and find the Warren Buffetts of the world. He didn't go and find the kings and the presidents and, and, and the rest of it. It says, no, God walked along and he picked fishermen. And I think we need, we need to not disqualify ourselves before God, because some of us do that. We look at our, our lives and we actually have already disqualified ourselves from God using us. This is what, what God says in his word. It says, but God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Wholeness requires community. And um, I think what I'd like to just land with is just, just asking you to, to think about that for a moment. You know, if I had to put everything aside, why I love this story so much is Jesus, his first call is to them is, is not to ask for their resumes, is not to ask for them to, to, do, to do anything. His first call is this. He says, follow me. Follow me. Just, are you willing to do that? And I think sometimes I've had to go back to that, just that basic question of saying, am I, am I, am I ready to follow God? We're in this season right where I am right now. Do I need just to follow him? Just say, God, here I am. This is me. Um, it's been a tough year, but God, I'm, I'm here to, to follow you. And God says, once you do that, once you get out of the boats and come onto shore and spend time with me, I will make you some of us this year have sat in the boat and we're so busy fixing the nets. God's talking, he's saying, just give me 10 minutes, I've got to catch some fish. <laughs> and I get that feeling, you know, we're sweating, there's a need to like make things work. God's saying, hey, come follow me. We have to get out the boat. We've got to go approach Jesus, we've got to get a proximity to Jesus for him to be able to shape and to change us. Why don't we just um, bow our heads? I'm, I'm going to just say a prayer for us and then um, hand over to, to Paul but, or to Drew. But I just want to, um, if you feel comfortable, just to, to say this, this prayer in your own hearts. Um, otherwise, just to take the time to, to really think about this. What is forming and shaping you? Are you happy with, with, with what, you, what these decisions that you're making now are going to result in in future, the kind of person that you're going to be as a result of them. And then are we really maximizing and celebrating what better together means, that we can come together on, on a Sunday, be together, that we, are you pushing towards that or are you pulling away from it? Let me read this. It says, God of our creation and recreation, you who are constantly at work to shape me in the wholeness of Christ, you know the hardness of the structures of my being that resist your touch. You know the deep, inner rigidities of my being that reject your changing grace. By your grace, God, soften my hardness and my rigidity. Help me to become pliable in your hands, even as I read this. May there be a meeting of, of my innate resistance to your transforming love. Come and transform me, God.